God loves you. He really loves you. And he wanted to reveal himself so we could know him. And together we could help the world. And so that is why we have the Bible. The Bible is his word to us. But so many people don't understand it. Or they've just been told the wrong things about it. So many things affect the way we interpret the Bible, look at the Bible, or think about the Bible. And you know what? Too often we become bored with the Bible. So this is a podcast to hopefully refresh our relationship with the Bible and in turn refresh our relationship with God. My name's Ken and I'm your guide on this refresh journey. And my prayer and hope is that it would be a fruitful one for both you and me. So welcome to my podcast. Let's dive in. Welcome back. We're going to finish chapter 18 of Matthew today. It's going to be a little shorter one, hopefully. I I hope I didn't just ruin it by saying that because who knows, I might start jabbing away for a while. But anyways, yes, uh, Matthew, the gospel is such a good book. So remember, Matthew is a tax collector who Jesus took from the tax collecting booth, made him one of his 12 followers, the apostles. Then he ended up writing a gospel after Jesus died and rose again, which we are about to get here soon enough. And um, he's writing his gospel from the point of view to a Jewish audience. And so he's been convincing them that Jesus is the Messiah they've been waiting for. We also see the progression of Jesus, his you know his birth and his you know coming of age, doing ministry, picking his followers, doing different things. And we transitioned a little bit ago of him heading towards the cross and preparing his followers uh, to take over for him. So that's what the first half of 18 was, was Jesus really teaching them some poignant points that he needed them to know if they're going to successfully lead the kingdom. Um, he's going to do a lot more teaching here in a second, and we're going to pick up in verse 21 of chapter 18, and we're in the English Standard Version. So let's continue reading. So remember, Jesus had just talked a lot about sin, temptation, little ones, authority, all kinds of stuff. So, then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. Okay, so here Peter comes up to Jesus and he says, you know, because Jesus was talking about if somebody sins against you, you know, go to him and work it out. And, you know, if he apologizes or repents, forgive him. You know, he says if he doesn't, then bring two more people. And he, he does that whole thing. And and Peter's like, well, how many times do I need to forgive someone? Seven times. Because that was a very generous amount in their custom at the time, the Jewish religious custom. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. It's not an actual quantitative number here. Um, seven was a is a biblically holy number, as a whole number. And so 70 times 7 is seven, 70 times, obviously. 
it's almost basically unlimited. So he's just saying there is no limit to how much we need to forgive one another. And then he begins telling this story about a kingdom and a king who is settling all his debts. And all these people who owe the king money uh, are coming and he's collecting on the debts. And this one guy comes and he owes him, you know, this, this amount, 10,000 talents. Okay, and so the guy doesn't have any money. So the king's like, hey, you owe me 10,000 talents. The guy doesn't have any money. Well, 10,000 talents is so much money that selling the guy as a slave, like selling him into slavery, wouldn't cover it. He needs to he needs to sell not just him, but his wife and his children. That's how much money he owes, okay? So it says, since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment be made. So like... Everything he owns, plus him very self and his family, need to all be sold. And then he might have enough to pay him back. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. So, this debt is equivalent to everything this servant owns, plus this servant's life, plus the servant's wife's life, plus the servant's kid's life. That's how much he owes. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay it. How is he going to pay it? He's, not, he's never going to come with the money. The king has pity on him, and he forgives the debt completely. So just think about everything you own, plus how much you're worth, if someone was going to sell you and your loved ones and all your family. And all at once, instead of all that being owed, you know, belonging to someone else, the person who you owe that money to just forgives it. I mean, equivalent to hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions, you know, today. So it's a huge, huge debt that just gets forgiven. Verse 28, But when that same servant went out, so he just got forgave, forgiven, he just got his life back, his wife's life back, his kid's life back, and all his possessions back, basically. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Okay, so one, one talent is more than, I think, 100 denarii. Um, once again, I don't do any prep work for this, so I, I you know, haven't looked this up. But um, it's, it's, it's a teeny amount to what he just got forgiven. I know that. And seizing him, so he, you know, he owes him 100 denarii, and he seizes him, and he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. All right, so this little, this little dirt bag, he just got forgiven, like, millions of dollars and some guy owes him a hundred bucks and he starts choking him he doesn't even say hey do you have my money he just starts going after him it's like come on patrick beverly anyways um verse 29 so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him sound familiar this guy just pleaded with the king now the guy he's choking falls down and pleads with him have patience with me i will pay you exact same line he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt so, this dude just gets forgiven a million dollars because he says, I'll pay you, give me time, be patient with me. Then, on his way home, he sees a guy who owes him like a hundred dollars and he chokes him. And he says, give me my money. And he says, be patient with me, I'll get you your money. And he says, no, I'm not patient with you. And he throws him in jail. Verse 31, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, rightly so, right? 
and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So, that's the end of chapter 18. What is happening here is Jesus <laughs> is telling this story. The the servants, by the way, who go report, the, the douchebag servant who choked the dude and threw him in jail, when they go report what happened, they don't necessarily know this guy just got forgiven 10,000 talents. They don't actually know that he was forgiven an enormous debt. They just saw how aggressive he was with a fellow servant and how he didn't even give him a moment to try to come up with the money. He just throws him in jail. That's what kind of distressed them. That's what worried them. And they went and told the master, hey, you know, our fellow servant got thrown in jail because he owes a little money by this guy and he didn't even give him a chance. That's when really things get bad because the king obviously was like, I just forgave you this huge debt. And as a result, Instead of the, the debt being forgiven, he throws him back in jail and wants to collect the debt. So total turnaround. And it's the dude's fault. And really the point here is the king is God. And the debt that we are forgiven is he pays for our sin. He forgives all of our offense. Our entire life was an offense to God. And he forgave all of that. It was a great debt, enormous debt. Millions of spiritual dollars of debt. And so, if we can't forgive each other, if we turn to someone else and refuse to forgive someone else, well, God is saying, you don't understand how much you've been forgiven. You don't understand the grace that you are living in. You don't understand the amount of grace I have given you. And so, if you don't understand the grace I have been given you, then you are not in my kingdom. You are cast out. Because you cannot enter my kingdom unless you really grasp my forgiveness and my grace. So if you're here and you don't get that, then you're just a Pharisee. However, if you're here and you do grasp the grace and you don't in turn, that doesn't change your heart to where you would have grace with others, well, then you'll be judged. And this will be a bad day coming for you. So I think there's a sense here of Jesus warning Peter, like, hey, in the church, it needs to be a place of grace. It needs to be a place of forgiveness. Unlimited grace and forgiveness. It needs to be a place where you never go after someone because they owe you something, because they've offended you in a way, because they've wronged you in a way. You need to always work that out. You need to forgive each other. And what he does is he shows the absurdity of not forgiving one another after we've been forgiven so much from God. And he also shows the motivation from where we will get the forgiveness. So I believe this parable is not just one of judgment, but it's one of motivation because God knows it may be hard for us to forgive one another. And so what he does through this parable is he focuses our eyes on how much we've been forgiven, how much grace has been bestowed upon us. And he knows that's going to be the source of the power for us to forgive each other. 
And so if there's people in your life that you need to forgive or that you have a hard time forgiving, or if in general you have a hard time forgiving people when they wrong you or do things to you, take Jesus' advice here and focus on how much you've been forgiven. Focus on how how gracious God is for you. Focus on how gracious Jesus is to die for you. And let that change your heart and your soul and your mind and just to free you up to forgive others. And if that's not enough, then just take Jesus' warning that you will be like that servant who gets thrown in prison and gets judged harshly if you don't forgive one another. So it's kind of a carrot and a stick in a way, but that's the answer that Jesus gives. That's the end of chapter 18. Like I said, it's going to be a quick one today. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Really, I would say take this moment, and if there's something that is between you and another person or if there's things you you haven't been able to forgive spend some time meditating on the grace and the forgiveness that God has bestowed upon you and then ask God to help you forgive those that need your forgiveness <laughs>